0: Welcome to Digital Packaging Disruption from CMYK. Here's your host, Dustin Stearman.
1: Welcome back to the DPD Podcast. I'm excited to be jumping into today's conversation with somebody that I've been keeping a close eye on for the last couple of years. You know, somebody that I consider at the front lines of disruption within the packaging industry. And today, my guest is Elad Zamora. Hey, Elad. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. If you'd like to kick off and just introduce yourself and your role, I'll let you take the lead here.
0: Okay. So uh, I'm leading the product team for the labels in uh, HP Indigo. As you know, in uh, Indigo, we have commercial uh, presses and labels and packaging presses. Within the labels and packaging presses, we are spread into three vectors, folding carton, flexible packaging, and labels. So I'm leading the labels team. And have you
1: been involved strictly with labels since joining the organization?
0: Pretty much so. I'm uh, four years in the organization, four years in the industry. Unlike uh, many of my new colleagues, uh, I'm not bleeding ink for four years. I'm a newbie to to the industry. Fascinating learning every day. Uh, So uh, basically, from day one, I was dealing with labels. Awesome. So
1: you know, we'll talk a little bit about being a newbie in the industry and how that's a competitive advantage. Personally, in the world of digital, I think that there's a lot of benefit to not having necessarily prior experience or thoughts on how it used to get done versus how it should be done. But I'd love to just learn a little bit about your journey. Did you ever think you'd be in the printing industry when you were growing up?
0: No, not at all. And I'm not regretted for a second, joined the industry. My background is technology. I hold an engineering degree and master's in, a, I was saying, the interface, interface between materials and physics. Later, I was joined the semiconductor industry doing R and T and doing R and D. In some point of my career, I did transition toward product management. And a former colleague of mine joined HP and he told me, you should come here. We have awesome products, awesome markets. So I took the leap of uh, leap of faith. I'm not looking back, enjoying every second.
1: It's a fun space. I mean, I, I can definitely relate to the excitement, and I think a big part of that is is just being able to be at the front line of building the future. You never step into a day where it's like a repeat of another day.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. I see the. I call it the third print revolution. The the first one obviously was happened uh, in Europe a few hundred years ago. The second was the digital revolution, and now we're on the verge of taking the digital revolution to the next level, to where to dominate the, to where we hope it will dominate the world someday. So it's a very exciting place to be.
1: I'm right there with you. I mean, when you look at it, there I think there's very few people that have that belief that digital will dominate the industry at, at some point. I attribute that to a lot of legacy business operators individuals who have been doing it the conventional and analog way for a, a very long time it's hard to imagine well it's hard to reimagine how manufacturing packaging should get done after doing it for such a long period of time this way versus or the old way in comparison to the new way I'd love, love to take some time to just dive into that a bit more today on our chat, um, but before doing so, I think it'd be great to talk a little bit more about where your energy and focus has been since joining the Indigo team. And I've been following you and, and the group for the last two years since you know the organization started to announce more about the V12 press. saw some exciting news this week. Congrats on the, the first um, install announcement with A4L, huge. Mm-hmm. That's gotta. That's gotta feel really good. Tell us, yes, how does that
0: feel? It uh, feel great, and also uh, it's money time. Uh, we are moving from uh, from theory and uh, hopes, and uh, I will say philosophy into uh, into money time. And this is the point where we should prove ourselves, and we are doing as much as possible, everything we can, in order to to succeed. You asked me before about digital. I think it's inevitable. Maybe in ten years, twenty years, thirty years but this vo- this process already set it's just a matter of time resources and the right focus
1: and I, I think to that point you know it's still the ship has sailed it's not too late to necessarily find the ship and be part of the ride but for those that are in in the market and in the industry the view is so different for those that are intimately involved with in the digital transformation in comparison to those that are still you know observing and you know, wondering where does it fit within my business? And, you know, to that point, you know, my view on digital packaging, it's different today. You know, and a large part of that is just this digital era that we're operating within. I jump into digital labels back in 13. And that's, you know, what really opened up my eyes to digital packaging was seeing the Indigo at that time. I don't know if the 6000 series press was even out in 13. I don't.
0: In it 13, 2013, was just out. Yes.
1: So I, I think I might have seen an early one, but. You know, At that point, you think of digital packaging maybe as digitally printed packaging. But when you look at how society has evolved today, I think we're very much in this period where digital packaging is a very broad term and it can be interpreted in many different ways. One of that is digitally manufactured packaging. On the flip side of that, it's delivering a digital experience to a packaging buyer, and maybe you're not producing with digital equipment yet. There's a lot of ways to spin it, I think, in comparison to where it started.
0: You're right there. I am totally see it eye-to-eye to to the way you describe it. Uh, We see two vectors here. One of them is to have the digital experience to the end customer, the one that goes shopping. And would like his label or packaging will be exciting as possible and provide many unique uh, characteristics. Some of them are should be delivered by the brand, by the brand itself. Messages that the brand would like to deliver, etc., etc. That some are only can only be printed digitally. And I believe this is the crack where digital printing was started to evolve. So this is what I would say. The foot in the door to have a digital printing as a viable solution to a very specific niche. Uh, But then, as you mentioned, the 6000 presented double the speed from the previous generation, what we call Series 2. So the converters start using those uh, 6Ks uh, or the previous version of the 6K, the 6600, etc., to more and more and more of mainstream production. Let's be realistic here. If you look at the pressure-sensitive market, we're talking about a $30 billion market in which digital is still a very, very small portion of it. But this portion is getting bigger and bigger. And now I believe, and this is our goal and vision with the V12, to help a manufacturer, to help the converters, to manufacture it more efficiently and cheaper and lean, using the digital potential of better manufacturability. Let's take a very representative job in the industry. Let's think about a 20,000-foot job. So 20,000-foot job, typical converter will take to set it in analog equipment, whether it will be flexor or offset, about an hour. Uh, the V12 will complete this job long before the flexo will even start printing the first label. So here this is the way that we hope to attack the blue ocean of this industry which is the mid-sized job where the huge volume is set, is set and the way to attack it is not by offering the digital value for the end consumer necessarily but to offer the converter a relief for many of his current pain points which is inefficiency in the production uh, labor which is in the western world it's almost impossible to get and to maintain get rid of a lot of my previous industry. We had a term for all the activities in the production floor in which the customer will not willing to pay for. We called it non-value added activities. For example, a customer will not pay you for a nice warehouse to store your uh, your plates and cylinder. He couldn't care less about your warehouse. What the customer do cares about is getting the labels on time in a high quality, in a good price, but to get what he wanted. And before he wanted it, this is what the customer will, will want to pay, will, will, will be willing to pay for. And this is the value proposition that we hope to provide the market with the V12. So
1: there's a lot to play back there, uh, a lot of great information. And you know, I think where I want to start with that is you started to describe the early adoption of digitally printed packaging. It began with a buyer who had nowhere else to go yes and and that was a large amount of buyers but a small percentage of annual volume Mm -hmm. right the small business operator we saw that transformed you know over the last 15 20 plus years within the label category you look at markets like corrugated folding cartons others they are significantly behind the label category still but they're gaining momentum You know, I think Corrugate right now is a great one to really dive into. And you look at these micro niches within Corrugate of different types of production capabilities. And the Indigo technology is a great example with the page-wide presses versus the C500 versus the SciTechs, They all fill a different part of the digital course market. That will happen in other categories too. It's already happened in labels. But what's really neat and what you've described and what I'm taking away from this is, and you know, this has been my assumption since first reading the press, which got me so excited about the idea of a V12, is that now with the V12, digital label converters are going to have the opportunity to go for larger buyers with digital technology and be competitive. Yes. Whereas in these other markets, they might still very much be just serving that, that initial buyer of digital labels. Labels is now moving upwards and yes. going to start to take market share away from conventional within a whole new
0: buyer category is what i see when i think about the v12 exactly and the reason that labels is ahead because labels are small and physically small and when you produce small label meaning a shorter job so we always as a benchmark the benchmark for the industry for the entire print industry is still and will be for several years the analog industry And when you're looking at the flexible packaging market that you are familiar with, I guess, much more than I do, the typical job is very long. The analog equipment is relatively efficient and super fast. So the gap between the digital to the analog, there is a lot of room. We have a lot of place to improve and and offer a viable solution. And we are on track. You can interview my uh, my colleagues in the flexible packaging. They will tell you great stories. I'm sure that you can share many stories about what is happening now and what will happen in the future. But the fact is that uh, flexible packaging and folding carton and and etc., there are bigger packs and obviously corrugated with equipment that run very, very fast. And the gap between digital and, and those analog equipment in respect to productivity is larger than the gap in the label business. And here in the label business, now we are in a tipping point in which the printing speed of the digital became similar to the printing speed of the analog, while the inefficiencies of digital remains way ahead of the inefficiencies of analog. So this is why digital printing on labels, I would say, more advanced than other types of packaging.
1: And that brings up an interesting point, which is, you know, efficiency in comparison to consumable costs and, and just overall cost to produce, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of conventional converters, they look at their ink expense at the end of the year and it's a very small percent of revenue in comparison to when they're producing in a digital format where you're paying for every click and you're paying for those consumables. So It almost brings about this whole new model. And maybe uh, your team's already figured it all out. But where my head goes is you think of um, when you're selling digital packaging, you're selling total cost of ownership. Well, Mm -hmm. now, you know, you need to sell total cost of production. Yes. As a machine manufacturer selling to the converter, it's that analysis of breaking it down and saying, okay, you know, consumable is just one element. If you're so fixed on consumable expense, you're missing the boat and really you're missing the market and this evolution where we go back to what we were talking about with the small buyer and how it was filling a void in the market well that small buyers demands are now working their way up further up the market it's the same demands just with a bigger buyer in terms of experience speed to market flexibility ordering on demand if a converter has those capabilities for a larger buyer and then that price delta You know, there is some sort of a premium as a service provider you can charge. Is it five percent? Is it ten percent? The market will tell you, and depending on what market you're serving,
0: but there's an opportunity out there. First of all, my philosophy as a product manager, I say the market is the most important man in the room, and it was more important. No, no, it didn't mean most important. It meant the smartest man in the room. So, did you see the movie My Cousin Vinny? No, I haven't. First of all, you must one of the best. My cousin so, Vinny, I've heard of it. Yeah, write it down. I am right so now. We have, so you have Vinnie, a very bright lawyer from New York, try to describe what will be his defense light to rescue his nephew. And he said that the prosecution will uh, draw, uh, you take a brick and show you how the prosecution will, what is will be the strategy, the strategy. But eventually you need to look at it this way where the prosecution claims are very, very thin. So this is the point about pricing and costing and total cost of ownership. First of all, we have our intent is to win over Flexo and Offset. In the mid-sized job, what I call a mid-sized job, it's something between 10,000 feet to 30,000 feet. We have the general intention to be the most cost-effective solution in the overall way the customer is looking at it. And this is one way. So we are building the consumables, we are building the life and all the what's involved with the V12 to be like a heavy duty kind of robustness with larger lifespans to meet this goal. And eventually we enable us to provide a cost model for our customers that we will be competitive in those, uh, in those jobs. Second, think about a Flexo. Again, let's go to this 10,000 feet job. So a Flexo will run this 10,000 feet job when it will start printing, let's think about very good, good flexo, 300, 400 feet per minute. So we're talking about less than a half an hour running time. But since you have a setup time of, of an hour or even more, so the print time will be third of the overall flexo. Let's neglect any other downtime in the process. But now let's position the V12 there, taking all those mid-sized jobs. And now the flexo. Will with the average job on the flexo will be forty thousand feet, thirty thousand feet, and more. So now the printing time will be the majority in this in this cake of, 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 of how the time distributes. Now the flexo will do printing, actual printing time about 60, 70% of the time. So now let's think about the holistic approach and think about the entire production floor. You used to have three, four, five flexos, and now you can only you only need one or two, so you can retire three, like two thirds or sixty percent of your flexo operation. And Don't talk about the flexo overhead and the back office, just physical assets. In that case, what is the price for that? What is the price to remove the third shift, which we know is the most inefficient and most expensive shift? What is the price tag for that? What is the price tag for? Don't wait for plates and cylinders for most of your jobs in the not just the short digital-born kind of job. What is the price for that? So obviously, converters will will be, hopefully, and will be willing to pay some premium in the production cost when this headache, this huge headache is is safe from them. So, and we are, and this is the part that we need to uh, make sure we find the gold, you know, the right path, the gold the, the gold line in which we will be attractive enough to accomplish this vision. I think, you know, it's very much a
1: long game right this isn't you know really as you said the game begins with the beta press installation you know this is the last i don't know how many years i mean the v12 i'm sure it was probably named something different initially and i don't know how long has it been being developed seven eight nine years
0: about seven eight years yes
1: and to that point you know a lot of work of preparation to enter the game but you know the game is just beginning and it's I mean you your team's done it you know many of times before you bring game changing technology to the market but it's and beta presses and you know commercial presses are in the market but it's years after that before the market actually adopts it so I haven't necessarily played in that part of the market in my career in packaging I mean I've I've long for me is maybe a year or two but like 7 or 10 I mean, that that's a long time and you know even just finding that ability to Patience, right within the overall process. I imagine that that takes a lot. There's a lot of days where you're leaving. You're like, where am I measuring success right now? How do you feel that you're moving the ball forward when you're playing that long of a
0: game? So, this kind of investment and commitment required vision. Unfortunately, the Indigo management throughout the year, the previous and the current, have a lot of vision and they see the horizon and they uh, they're committed to deliver. These great technologies, and uh, this is our way to grow. And uh, again, coming from previous industry, which is the semiconductors, again a very high-level technological-oriented industry. The timeline to deliver new technology, this is the timeline. So, what we have, you can. I will say, every once in a while, a company, a technology, a technology company will need to take a leap, and not just do evolutionary products, but revolutionary products. And revolutionary products takes time. A lot of times, effort, resources. Israel, is a, we are the GBU of uh, HP Indigo, is located in Israel. We've sometimes been called the startup nation. I worked in different technology companies across uh, the country. Some of them are uh, American, like Intel and Micron. It's a good, it's, I would say, it's a good guess that the V12 is the non-security project currently in the country. Wow. And uh, it requires a lot of vision, which uh, again our management, the generation of indigo management has a lot of it to understand that in order to take this huge blue ocean of potential, you require it's not, a, it's not an easy take. Like the most conservative way for us, it will be to do a baby step. we call it midlife kickers, improve some elements in the software, some elements in the process, baby steps and presenting each and every label export group as some small improvement, but this is not our way. This is the conservative way to remain where you are. And if you have your ambitions to grow and to take the, the huge opportunities, you need to invest and uh, to take risks. And this is the V12.
1: Big risks. Big, big risks. I mean, when you look at the amount of capital that goes into that type of development. You have to have the vision to be able to take those kind of risks. Yes. You have to have the vision of... You know what's possible it comes down to you know innovation and you know there's a lot of failures that come along the way but i think a lot of people mistakenly call those failures when they're just you're learning right you're building the future so there of course there's going to be failures probably every day but you know as long as you don't make the same mistake twice it's just really a learning lesson on okay you know we tried this didn't work so we have to try something else
0: we have a welcome mistake approach we welcome mistakes. We you learn. you learn from mistakes. And if it was easy, everyone could do it, and then we have nothing that would distinguish us from the competition. Only because going into a, such a productivity with, with super print quality and provided all the digital uh, opportunities into it, it was so complicated. This is the trench that we dig in order to provide a solution that will be very challenging to follow and copy.
1: So before you know, I want to talk a little bit about the um, future state of packaging and how this type of technology is being designed to further change the way that we produce packaging. But, mm-hmm. but before going there, you know, I'd love to just talk a little bit about where we sit today and what converters need to be thinking about before acquiring a V twelve press. So in my mind. You know, I think that you're introducing technology that's capable of moving at a whole new pace. And in many environments, digital printing technology is often you know years ahead of the workflow within an organization.
0: Exactly. My, my words exactly.
1: And to that point, you know I imagine that with the V12 technology where you're capable of producing so much more, it's almost like you cannot be utilizing a conventional workflow and be acquiring this asset. Otherwise, you're going to have a machine sitting on your floor and you're going to be running it like 5 to 10% of the time, I imagine, with just how much throughput it's capable of.
0: So we have a very simple answer for that. We have three answers for the how to prepare yourself for the V12. The first one is automation. The second is automation. And the third is also automation. Mm-hmm. Um, customers that will obviously the V12 is aiming a larger sites with a yearly with a significant yearly revenues that uh, many of them already in the automation efficiency some of them are not and the way to prepare your business to the V12 is to pretend like you have the V12 today did you hear about the Hillpack you heard Hillpack? about it the Hillpack I did not okay so we have an advisory board for the customer advisory board HILPAC stands for HP Indigo Labels and Packaging Advisory Console. And this has some of your clients,
1: HP operators, converters that are on the board. Is that right?
0: Yes. So we every like, uh, two times a year, we, we sit together with those customers that are industry leaders. You know, we meet during COVID, it was challenging, but uh, before and now, we already, we actually two weeks ago, we had an uh, annual HILPAC uh, summit here in, uh, in Israel. So we bring those customers, this group of outstanding people, really the one that the, 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 the heart of the, the, this industry from large company, mid-sized companies, small companies that we see a lot of potential there to grow. And we have a very intimate forum with Indigo Top Management, Product Management, R&D, and those customers. We are literally three or four days together, sleeping in the same place from morning to evening discuss the future of the print in the during the day and having fun during the night. We listen to them and ask them all the questions that, you know, a lot of time your logic and common sense is simply not enough. You think something is supposed to be done in a certain way. It makes sense to you. It's logical. But when you come and consult a professional, say, no, it's not the way. And this is what we do. We listen to our customers and they ask them about what should be done and they literally draw the, the path for the how a site should prepare himself for the V12 to hit the ground running. We have the guidebook. We have the know-how about how to, the information we need to provide our customer how to prepare themselves for the V12. One of the stepping stones that we offer is the 8K. The 8K is not as productive as the V12. It's a very productive press, We're very successful with the customer that bought it. And what our customers, those Hillpak, this team of advisory board, what they did Almost all of them, both an 8K, and those guys familiar with the V12 for the last eight years, they knew about the V12 uh, much before 95% of Indigo employees knew that this secret project takes place. And uh, what I would say 80 or 90% of them did is to buy an 8K and work the 8K as they have a V12 on their production floor, build the entire workflow around it, the automation, Uh, why i'm talking a lot (laughs) so think about a job from your experience if you have the entire site dedicated to produce a single job how much it will take from costing to put it on the truck and send it to the customer give me a estimation how many steps are involved no how long it will take time because the the, the fact you have a single job that you need to fulfill it as fast as possible
1: well, if I think about it in the world of labels, you know, are we talking about the actual manufacturing time or just everything around the manufacturing process?
0: Let's assume that you have a customer submitting the artwork. Yeah. And everybody is waiting for this job to come. And all the entire fan, the entire site is standing still, waiting for these jobs to come and supposed to run it as fast as possible. A rocket job. Okay. So we're talking about a couple of hours, right? At a minimum. Yes, two or three hours. But in reality, the turnaround time for jobs in the industry is something between days to a couple of weeks. That's right. So I mean, the, be- the
1: best label converters, you know, and their lead times have actually gone out since the pandemic. But yes. before the pandemic, it was two to three day turn times. Now, you know, in North America, I see the quick turn label converters are somewhere between three and five. And the market is okay with that at the present moment because of the other challenges of supply chain but to your point you're talking a job that takes a couple of hours to produce, but it's a few days before it's actually able to work its way through the system and get out
0: yes so meaning that your production your uh, the way that you're manufacturing have a waste factor a time waste factor of about 95 98 percent mm. So 98% of the of the process is a time wasted workflow. Yes, workflow. And the challenge for the, those customers that was, you know, that got used to the flexo drum bit in which you have an hour to set the, everything so it's okay that that not all the thing is real everything is ready in the exact time. You can still, you know, yell, "Someone bring me that! Bring me that!" and and still, you have something to do with the digital. It's minutes.
1: Yeah, I think to that point, you know, it, just for those that are that are listening, what I think about is how do you begin your digital transformation? And for label converters, they're far ahead of many of the other packaging converters that are in the market because you know, digital's been around that long, and it's almost become where. As a flexible converter, you need to have that digital asset on your floor to serve those customers or else they are going to go elsewhere. The availability of digital capacity in label converting market is quite different in comparison to available digital capacity in the other product categories we've discussed. But whether you're in labels and you haven't completely stitched that tech stack together yet, or you're in another category and you're thinking about, and you realize I need to start to invest into my digital transformation. Personally, I'm a big fan of begin with the workflow side. You don't need to buy a brand new multi-million dollar press to get into this digital packaging game. You can very much start with, as we discussed earlier in this chat, start with creating a digital experience for your customers. Right? Make it easier to do business with you be it an online ordering portal, uh, artwork submission. I mean, artwork is a broken process right now in in the market, very much a broken process. And some companies have done a good job of, you know, bringing that automation in-house to be able to pre-flight artwork and turn it faster, but there's still this whole other element of designing the artwork and getting it ready to be submitted. That's broken. So, you know, I, I think that the best way for somebody to begin their journey is to step back from the overall business and, Map out the workflow, every step involved with, as you said, an yes. order being submitted to an order getting to a customer. Manufacturing is just one component. So you saw the movie, The Founder? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really bad when it comes to movies. I don't watch a lot of movies. So I'm going to say no to that one too. I'm going to write it down.
0: So write it down again when a great movie. I got my cousin Vidya now I got Founder. Yeah. So within The Founder, it's about the founder of the McDonald's. Oh, I think I have seen it. Uh, this is about Ray Kroc. Uh, might, uh,
1: might be it, it's this yeah. isn't the documentary on on him no it's, it's not a documentary yeah. it's not
0: a documentary it's uh it's a movie I saw a movie theres there's
1: another movie that's just about the McDonald's story but no I haven't seen the founder so, the
0: founder amazing uh, outstanding movie again I, I love movies so what is McDonald's how McDonald's became such a such a great business workflow what they didn't—the the McDonald's brother when they uh, when they planned their first branch—they didn't build. They they took like a chalk and and took like go to a I don't know a basketball yard and draw different models and start moving between the the sink and the where they fried the the fries and, and created the most efficient workflow uh, ever exist in the food industry. And this is the, the, the one of the things that distinguished McDonald's from from what was the available the, back then, and still today. Again, what goes? It should be one of the uh, in your list. So here, yes, customer doesn't need to wait for the V12 to hit the production floor and start planning. Everything should be already in place. We are working with different company providing automation solution. Basically, are working with everyone, all the big names and all the medium names. We are on the, the mid-sized company. We are working with them. To make sure that the V12 will fit their solution, uh, serum hybrid, all the label tracks, all of those we are engaged with them, we are in a relationship. There. We try to make the V12 fit their solution and vice versa from day one. But everybody knows what should be done in order to lose weight. I know what how how to be thin. I simply need to eat less and exercise more. It is simple, but it's not. It's required discipline. It's required mm-hmm. commitment. It's required an organizational focus around this target. And as you mentioned, you don't need to wait for the V12. You should start doing it now. Take whatever your business is around, even around the non-digital technology. We have customers, I saw it in my own eyes, customers that are doing full flex or changeover in 15 minutes. Amazing, it's there. But this is usually the, the outcome of owner that is obsessed with efficiency. He knows what to do and he had the discipline and the vision to make it happen. But those guys are rare. The other guys like me need to uh, develop this kind of commitment. And this is the advice that I can can take, I can give. I definitely
1: see that. And I think the one benefit, you know, the label converting industry very much is a family business industry. Oftentimes, right? You have a lot of independent converters that families are second, third generation.
0: Yes, it's a combination of family business and M and A's private equity kind of market. It's very interesting,
1: right? You know, two opposite ends of the spectrum. The M and A and P E side has really taken off over the last five, seven, eight years. But very much when you look around the market in America, in North America, a couple thousand label converters. Um, I'm sure many of them are not even at the scale that would warrant bringing a V12 in per se, just because they're doing, you know, a couple, you know, two, $3 million a year of production, let's say. Mm-hmm. But the one benefit I see is that as the next generation comes in, you do have this, like you and me, I mean, grew up within a digital era and it, it is a different mindset. It is very much the digital mindset because... You know, we grew up around technology. We grew up with, you know, these iPhones and, you know, I'm on a MacBook Air right now. I've been using a Mac since I was probably six years old. Back then it was, you know, like tan and a big block, but, and it had the colored apple on the front of it, but we're going to continue to see that. Now with that, you have this individual who's eventually stepping up into leadership. That's in tune with the times uh, the digital era. So I think that we should naturally see transformation accelerate in the next 10 years based on who's occupying the office at an executive level within a packaging converter. And that's where I think there's a big miss right now, very much a lot of leadership in the market that has been doing it you know, this way, the conventional way for a long time. They've done very well. And they think to themselves, well, why should we do anything different? We're we're profitable. We're making good money. We have a happy customer base. I'd say that's 90 to 95% of the overall packaging market right now. And you can look at it even on a revenue basis. Less than 5% of the overall packaging market is digital.
0: Yeah. But what I think... In volume-wise, yes. In volume-wise, not not revenue-wise, but in volume-wise, yes. Yeah. So to that point,
1: I think that a lot of the conventional operators are missing the mark that that game is it is dying it's just how slow or how how quick is it dying like you know it, it opens up this massive opportunity for innovative thinkers like yourself that don't have prior you know preconceived notion on how packaging manufacturing should get done to come into the market and say i just am going to look at technology and figure out how can i leverage tech to create a more competitive model, a better experience. And when you start to think about it that way, there's so much room in the market to go out, attack, build your own niche, and use digital technology to do so, which is personally what gets me so excited. But that's just...
0: Yes, yes we see definitely see this trend, these trends. I'm more optimistic about the status of the market. I see that more and more companies start uh, or in the process, not just starting, already deep in the process of embracing digital mindset. Some, and you can see the gap that opens between the ones that are uh, already all the body in the water and they are uh, swimming and the ones that are just start filling this digital uh, water. You can see the gap it opens. We see in Indigo, we see our customers. We always track from our customer, from the Indigo perspective, who is the customer with the largest growth rate I can say that the one thing that they have in common is not application and not service, is not, not some kind of a, a secret R&D source. What they have in common is most of the time is how to make what they are doing more efficient. This is the thing that they, I will say the top performance with respect to Gulf rate are uh, having in common. Uh, many great examples in the States I will visit when um, this year we have Label Expo. I have names, and customer name in my head that I say before uh, if I do the travel. I must see how they are doing it because they are doing outstanding performance. Yes, digital is there. You cannot avoid it. If you will avoid it, you will stuck in efficiency, costing, uh, TCO, which will not be attractive, and also service.
1: So well, I think uh, that point, you know, the viability of that business model five years from now is in question. You know, if you aren't starting to make that digital transformation and again as we talked about, you can pick different areas of your business to get started. The key is just to get started because it's not a 12-month or an 18-month transformation of a business. You've had you've been doing business for 25, 30 years. You're not going to instantly become this amazing digital packaging company in 2 years. It's going to take time. It's a longer game. It's a medium-term game. But I it personally, will never end. What's that? It will never end. And also, it will it, never end. Well, when you're playing the game it's and, and you want to be at the front of the pack, you can never get comfortable. You have to constantly be pushing yourself to be better and do better yes. and look at what else is out there and what's coming down the pike. So I, I want to make sure we get some time to talk a little bit about how you envision the V12 changing packaging manufacturing. But before we do that and step into that part of the chat... I'd love to just kind of close, wrap up the how your lack of prior experience in packaging before joining digital has turned into a competitive advantage for you and your role. Like when you think about the fact that this is my first time in print and packaging, is this current role that you've been in for four years? How does lack of prior experience actually play to the advantage of what you're doing?
0: First of all, I'm not sure I have advantage. It's uh, yeah, I need to prove it every day uh, to be efficient. And um, I think the advantage of not coming the, from the industry are few, but they're out there. You're familiar with what other industry are, uh, was able to achieve. For example, in the semiconductor industry, the uptime of, of a machine that cost millions of dollars, tens of millions dollars, sometimes $200 million for a single machine. Those customers that buy those machines will not satisfied with something which is less than ninety nine percent uptime. Those are numbers that the print industry are uh, are decades behind. One of the things that I have, uh, the, I believe that they have this advantage. I know, I know the where the glass the, the glass ceiling where it's supposed to be, and we are not even close to. Uh, the potential second i believe to be a new one and you the new guy in the industry provide me a very uh, unique and exclusive potential to ask questions if you not from the industry no one expecting you to know what you're talking about and this is a privilege it's a point of time that you precious and you need to uh, take use of, take a good use of it and uh, and ask question constantly ask questions don't Take things for granted. Everything. Why is that? Why is that? Always challenge and simply have the opportunity to ask those things that other people may be ashamed to ask after ten years in the industry. I believe those are the two, the only two advantages that I can think about.
1: I think that you know what comes to mind for me is just I've met a lot of people over the last few years in the digital packaging um, space that had zero experience before jumping in, but have done really great things and. To me, I attribute that to knowing no limit in what they're doing, and it's interesting, you know, when you talk about the print industry being decades behind other industries in terms of uptime and such. I think that that is very much reality across various parts of the industry and the business. I mean, really, that's that's it as a whole. We we have a lot of room to advance this sector and. We, I believe in order for digital packaging to capture more market share and really execute on what is possible, it needs more fresh thoughts at the table. It needs more outside-the-box thinking. It needs more individuals who have experience in other, uh, in other industries like yourself that bring that industry experience and apply it to this disruptive, rapidly evolving space, in my mind. We're still very early in what we're doing.
0: Yes, it's very common in the East Israeli ecosystem to do it, to, to change industries. It's something that we as a society we do often. It's not something unheared not something unique. My example that someone comes some several years of experience in other industry and then totally switch to others. This way to shuffle and exchange opinions, knowledge, thoughts. Sometimes come on the expense of uh, proficiency and, and profound uh, knowledge, but a lot of times it's a good it's a good methodology how to break barriers and, and uh, simply is uh, overcome obstacles.
1: I think to that point, I think that you know from a converter's lens, if I'm a converter, what my biggest threat are business professionals coming in from the technology industry into packaging. Truly. That is that's who I would be most concerned of today, because this space is becoming a technology enabled sector. You know, when I think of digital packaging, it's really to me, it's tech enabled packaging. How are we utilizing technology to enable manufacturing of packaging or what the packaging is even capable of doing as a finished product? Right. You have a, a tangible package that's digitally connected as smart packaging, for example. I, I think that that is something that conventional converters need to be thinking about, aware of. And quite frankly, if I would be bringing that type of talent into my business, surrounding myself with those types of individuals Absolutely. that can help me be better. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how the V12 changes packaging, manufacturing. Like, And this is more futuristic, you know, thinking outside the box, but not so much. I mean, this is the world that you're living in, right? You look at some of the componentry that's gone into this press. You know, the pips, for example, the blankets, if I understand correctly, the, the pip on the V12 has 70 times, seven zero times the lifespan yeah. of a current pip on a digital press. I mean, that's some major evolution or, as you are saying, revolution to the manufacturing process. But that's just one element. That's one component of many, I'm sure, right?
0: Yes. The entire approach for the V12 is heavy duty. It simply doesn't make sense that the operator, if you're, uh, we in Israel, in, a, in Indigo, measure the productivity of the presses, uh, the quantity of uh, the, the volume that the press is uh, produced by clicks, by impressions. And the V12 expected to print 10, 15 times more impressions than ever the average 6K. 10 to 15 times more
1: per hour than the average... Volume-wise,
0: yes. It's a combination of the productivity and the job basket. You will handle uh, larger jobs in uh, five, six times the speed of 6K. And this will enable you, this combination of job basket and the productivity of the equipment. This is from our analysis, this is expected volume from the V12. So if we have to maintain the same user experience, meaning lifespans, we use tons of printing time to uh, maintenance and uh, consumable replacement, etc., simply doesn't make sense. It is not economics. So uh, the R&D team invested a lot of effort in the, to build, to increase the robustness of the, every component and also the consumable to meet this demand of predicted volume. The V12, when you think about unexpected downtime for a shift, the loss of potential manufacturing will be huge. We need to minimize it don't have any other choice, but we must minimize it. So the entire approach about building the V12, it's around printing non-stop. Well, you know,
1: my mind starts racing when we have this, this part of the conversation, right? Because to me, you crack open this whole new view of what a packaging manufacturing facility looks like. I mean, you're talking the output of 8 to 10 times a current 6K press. You're talking about the fact that if you have five flexo presses, you could probably retire three, maybe four of them. So where my head goes is the size of a manufacturing facility. You know, if you're, if you're building the workflow to be able to produce just in time, and you have the V12 on the floor that now has consolidated a ton of manufacturing assets into one, theoretically, you could take a 25,000, 30,000 square foot facility and turn it into 12 because you don't need as many assets on the floor, per se. You don't have to stock as much if you're reducing your turn times. And now it starts to really change the look of packaging manufacturing.
0: I will say this is the vision. We are not, it will take us time to get there, but this is the vision. For, uh, we call it Indigo first, we have a motto for, uh, for it, we call it Indigo first, so if up to now as you mentioned, digital volume wise was responsible for 5% of the PS labels volume. We would like it, to, and so the default obviously should be is analog because 95% of the volume is produced in analog equipment. So with the V12, we would like to inverse this portion would like the digital to produce 50 60 70% of the volume and what it is only the very very long or dedicated the uh, specialty lines or simple one two colored kind of jobs will remain on the on the analog this is the indigo first vision i see
1: it i think that it takes a special mindset to to see it yep. right now but it is very much you know, the market overall is behind this asset. <laughs> you know, this, this asset is years ahead of the market in terms of the manufacturers within the market. But as the manufacturers catch up, and they will, you know, some won't, but most, I think, will. They're, they've done well as business operators for many years. They'll bring in the right people to, to help bring in this next generation. You know, we think 10 years down the road, I, I, I truly believe You know, and and some people call me crazy, but I I believe 50 to 60% of the market could be produced digitally. And the reason I say that is, you know, just when you look at things through that tech enabled lens, technology never stops evolving. Yes. And it's like, you know, it's like looking at Elon Musk, right? And does he just stop when he reaches a certain point? No, he doubles down or triples down and says, we need to go much further. Well, why won't that happen with the packaging industry? Why won't the packaging industry continue to evolve and eventually become where you have 50% of the market being produced digitally? What holds that back? Cost, you know, cost of the finished product. But I think as you see technology like V12 come in, it closes the gap on cost of production from a consumables perspective versus efficiencies perspective. The other element that I don't think we as an industry are doing. A good enough job of right now. We have it. It's there, but we have to figure out how to measure it. And ultimately, you know, had a great conversation with a friend over on the Corgate side a couple of weeks back. And their question was, or their thought is, how do we industrialize digital manufacturing within packaging? In my opinion, it's sustainability. Sustainability will drive industrialization of digital packaging manufacturing.
0: Sustainability is huge. And we see it from, from small, from all the ways, from all the path from huge customers to mid sized to small customers. They are all perfectly understand that sustainability is inevitable. And i just been to the FINAT uh, convention. And uh, I think the biggest message that came out from this uh, convention was that we should be proactive about sustainability. Otherwise, someone will decide for us. And for us, the V12, for example, is a press that from day one was required to meet sustainability requirement that simply was not there when the 6K, uh, the 6,000 was uh, was developed. And we built the V12, the, food, the carbon footprint, the electricity, all the all the components around the V12 is built for per printed square meter or MSI. It will be the most, I would say, the greenest press that we can provide. So definitely sustainability is here. Thanks God is here to stay. We have a responsibility to leave the planet at least as good as we got it for our children. And uh, we are committed.
1: I'm right there with you. You know, front and center for me is preservation of planet Earth. And I think it's a big part of what gets me excited to get out of bed and be in this industry is my belief that, you know, we can all play a part. And like you said, you know, allowing our children to enjoy what we've enjoyed as kids and adults and as we continue to grow up. So, Hey, thanks a lot for jumping on today. This is a ton of fun, great energy. I love, I love getting a chance to chat with you. My pleasure. Really love to keep in touch. Best of luck in the rollout. This is an exciting time for you and the team. You know, a lot of eyes on it. I'll certainly be keeping my eyes on you and just sending good vibes and good thoughts as you get ready to deploy the tech into the market.
0: We are waiting for you to visit our site. I'd love to, and see it uh, see it live. It's impressive. But i am sure you. I'm gonna take
1: you up on that. Have a great one.
0: Hey everyone, it's Dustin. Thanks
1: so much for listening to the show and being at the front lines of this new exciting era in digital packaging. Make sure you hit subscribe, leave a five star review, and a written review to tell us what you think. Thanks for listening, and see you again next time.